Welcome to Fearless, Inspired, and Free. This is Dana Wright. I'm your host, uh, as always. And, you know, it's been quite some time. I had taken um, a little bit of a hiatus, and um, I always wait until I have a guest that kind of touches my spirit. And so I don't rush. I mean, I know initially, for the podcast I started off and they were weekly just about. Um, and it's because we're starting off and I had talked to a lot of people and um, gotten a lot of people lined up. But now I feel like I wanted it to be more organic. So if I run into someone and it's never by chance because I'm a firm believer in energy, um, then I go ahead and we talk, we meet, and I then uh, have a show to present to everyone. So this week, uh, I have a guest who is, her story is phenomenal, um, Arcella Nunez. Yes. Is. Did I do it right? Did I do it yes, right? Yes, yes. Thank you. Which, by the way, my name, Arcella, means golden star. Golden star. And isn't that fitting? And you will find out from listening to her story. So uh, she's also known in the hip hop community as Lady Champ. She truly does have a heart of a champion. She is a mother of two beautiful young adults and has done it all from dancing around the world, large scale performances, public speaking, event planning and fundraising for her community, music videos and magazine shoots. So quite the exciting life. Um, You know, it's just, you know, not many people can say they've done that. So breakdancing since the early 90s, Lady Champ was one of the few women in a male-dominated arena. And everyone who listens to my show knows that I love a woman in a male-dominated field. (laughs) And I love to see them overcome. And I love to see them uh, do great things. So she's in a male-dominated arena. She has been the subject of many publications, including a documentary called All the Ladies Say. After years of dancing, traveling, and teaching, in 2007, Lady Champ found herself paralyzed suddenly from not just the waist down, it was like from the diaphragm, you, you know, just kind of like mid there. Um, from, and doctors said she would never walk again. Uh, Lady Champ, having that champion spirit as she did, defied odds, fought hard, and overcame paralysis. She has gone on to continue to teach and organize events for youth to give them a safe space to express themselves and their creativity. You can also find Lady Champ co-hosting on Whitney, I'm sorry, Windy City Wednesdays with Miguel Artiaga on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And so... I mean, with an intro like that, we are <laughs> in for a ride because you would think with an intro like that, uh, Lady Champ's in her 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Champ has lived a lifetime. Um, it's all convinced, uh, condensed into this a short time. So I, I can't imagine what is next and what the future holds. Um, so you know, first I need to tell everybody how this meeting by chance, which I say is not by chance came to be. Um, I believe, you know, energy, like I said, matches energy. And I had on my fearless, inspired and free t-shirt and I was just out and about running errands and, you know, um, just doing my thing. And so I never go to the bank and I never get, I always go to the ATM, um, Anything that I can just pull up, get done and do, I'm, I'm your girl. I'm not a walk in. I'm not about to be filling out a bunch of forms and like if I can get it from the ATM. But for some reason, I needed a, a certain like different bills. I don't know what it was. 20 just wasn't going to cut it. So anyway, I go into the bank. I have on my Fearless Fire and Free t-shirt. It's like my face plastered on my shirt. And so the young lady who is helping me at the counter um the teller um she's uh so sweet she's like oh is that you and I'm like, <laughs> I'm 
like, yes. I'm like, it is me. I said, isn't it just bizarre to have someone walk in there and picture themselves on their um, t-shirt? I said, but you know, it's for my podcast. And she's like, oh, so she's doing her thing and she's making small talk. And she says, um, well, what is the podcast about? And I said, well, it's for women. I love to hear their stories. I love to hear their triumphs. And um, I just feel like every woman has a story. And so often we hear from, you know, these huge celebrities and that's great. And I, I love that they are doing well in life too, but everyday women that we walk past, that we work with has a story and I want to hear them. She said, oh my God, then you definitely want to hear the story of my coworker. She oh. is amazing. And I said, I do. And she said, yes. She's like, you have to hear it. And she was, she's so tough and she's so resilient. And, and then she got paralyzed and then, you know, she, you know, didn't really tell me what it was intriguing enough. And I was like, what? what? Sounds like a lot going on. What is going on? So she said, you got to hear from her. And I said, well, listen, this is my handle at fearless inspired and free podcast tell her to send me a message and I'd love to hear her story. And then maybe we can just jump on and talk about it. So I told her, thank you so much for your help. And I walk out and I really don't, I'm like, you know, a lot of people make small talk because it's friendly. It's the, you know, the thing to do. And um, I wasn't sure. And so I was like, okay. And uh, a couple of days later, I get an inbox from this guest. And I'll have to say it was a minute before I responded. Right. Um, I, I don't think I responded right away. I saw it not, you know, how you think in your mind, you did say something and you're like, I think in my mind I did. I'm like, very cool. Like the the (laughs) young lady did give the message. And so I was like, all right. So then I go back uh, a few more days later. I'm like, Oh man, so I'm, I'm like, oh my God, you know, you, you can think it, but you got to put it down on, on paper. You got to like type it, Dana. And so we <laughs> send her a note back and we go back and forth. And then finally we get together because I'm always running around. You're always running around. You're busy too. And so yeah. we, we were talking. Oh, I was on the trip and I was driving and I was going from one property to the next. Um, and I uh, said, hey, I got some time. You want to talk? And so we finally connected. So the stars aligned and made it so easy for us. I mean, we had a good conversation. We laughed. Yes. And uh, here we are. So I'm excited. I know the story a little bit, but I'm sure I'm going to learn some new things as we talk. And um So let's get started. Let's get started. So pretty much I told everybody the gist, but first tell us a little bit about you, but I want to know about young person you. I want to know where it all began, because when we talked, you told me a little bit about your youth, um, your childhood and kind of your motivation, but let's let's learn a little bit about you and and how you came to be. Um, I was a interesting little kid uh I like to watch and learn everything so I used to pick locks because I used to watch their movies I used to try to dance because I seen people dancing uh you know always having fun in the neighborhood I did fight a lot though I was always fighting don't ask me why uh later I came out I I you know I figured out why I was always fighting but yeah I was always fighting um but still a fun little kid it's it's weird, but, um, yeah, I grew up in a good time when kids were all outside. Nobody was inside. We were all outside having fun, you know, so. And, and, and life used to be fun. We used to play outside for hours in our era. When we were coming up, we'd be gone all day. No one was really yeah. worried about us because, cause we were out in the neighborhood having fun with our friends. And I do remember you saying there's just kind of like this anger there and, and this fight in you. Um, and that can be a good thing. You know, I, I often say that uh, I know that's frowned upon and people say, why are you, why are you so angry? I had an angry period growing up too. I don't quite know why I was so angry or, you know, lashed out a little bit, but I guess we all might go through that um, for different reasons and you have yours. But I think that fight kind of lends to, 
everything going forward in your life. And it sounds like even though you had that fight, you began to then channel it and, and use it to do something that kind of gave you a release. And let's talk about how you were watching the dancing and it was mostly the guys, well, it was all guys, you know, basically, and you're like, I want to do that. I want to do that <laughs> yeah. dancing. And, and, you know, I'm so interested in this break dancing because I had a cousin, well, two cousins, they were brothers, Dean and Scott. And Dean was an excellent break dancer when we were coming up. Excellent. I mean, the kid would carry around this cardboard. We we were skating. Um, We had ice skating classes and he wasn't into ice skating, but like his, our moms made his brother, Scott, me, my sister do ice skating. So it's so funny. We'd be in there doing our ice shows and our ice skating. We come out and there'd be this big crowd. And this kid has a crowd watching him while he does his break dance. And his mom would be wanting to pick him up by the collar, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Making all this noise out here. But he was such a good break dancer. So I do know it was a lot of guys. I would never have tried to do it. Um, but you did. You did. So tell me, what was the what what was what was the force? What was pulling you to that? So in 1985, because my dad and my mom had separated, so we would go to New York to stay with my dad for the summer and then come back to Chicago. So I remember my aunt took us to the bodega with them, to the store, the grocery store. And um, as we're walking back home on the corner, there was some kids on cardboard and they were breaking. And I don't know what they were doing, but it looked so amazing to me. So I'm just, I stopped walking my aunt grabs me and pulls my hand and she's like come on they're bad kids and I was like but they're not bad they're just dancing you know like you could tell they were dancing so she pulls me away and I it just stood in my head so when I came back to Chicago my cousins were breaking at that time so I remember they had a cardboard on the corner of Sawyer and North Avenue and I was just sitting there like this and I was like teach me please teach me how to dance and they were like get out of here you're a girl and I was like, but I can do it. I know I can. Just teach me. And they were like, get out of here. So I just, I would, I just walked away. I would dance with the neighborhood kids, but we, we, we didn't know what we were doing. So uh, I, I did, I was dancing um, like house music and all that stuff. And then in the 90s, when breaking came back, it was a wrap. I was like, no one can tell me no. And that's when I met my crew. Well, you met your crew. So, so tell me how, okay, how does this, cause you got to break it down for us. Like, <laughs> like the non break dancer, we are not in this at all. So now you're old enough to be able to kind of be a little bit more defiant and kind of say that I like this. I want to do yes. this. And it's funny. You should say your aunt was like, those are bad kids, but they were just dancing. But you know, the, yeah. you know, it, it's funny how the labels they get placed in and things like that. And maybe they were bad kids but guess what at that moment in time they were channeling their energy and they were um battling one another and things like that and so tell me about it so now you're old enough now you're like you know what I'm making a decision I'm making an executive decision about my life here and how (laughs) were you about that time where you formulated your crew uh I was about 15 or 16 but before I met them, I was house dancing and I was competing. I would battle guys everywhere. I was going everywhere. And I was like, I'm going to battle your crew, your crew, your crew. Because I was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I was really good. So I went to a, a high school dance at my crew's high school because I didn't go there. And I was battling one of the top crews at that time. And it was just the guy, me against two guys. And they saw me and they were like, oh my God, you're amazing. Oh my God, this, this, and that. And my friend knew them. So then I saw them breaking and I was like, oh my God, we have to hang out. <laughs> I, I want to learn. I have to learn. They were like, yeah, yeah. And they always told me, we knew you had it in you because we saw what you did before you were breaking. We saw you were competitive. We saw that you were hungry. We saw that you were, you were good. You know, you weren't just like average or, you know, I'm just a girl. They were like, you were good. You were smoking guys that were amazing at that time house music so that's why they were like yep she's in (laughs) you started at you started with house music and kind of battling that way but in the back of your mind you you the seeds have been planted when you were a little girl and with no autonomy no about no ability to say I want to stay I want to yeah it just stayed with you and kind of sat there and then 
you're 15, 16 years old, and, and it, it kind of bubbles up in you again, because this crew says, you know what, you got some heart there. And you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you are over here showing these guys up a little bit, you know, let's see what you got. So then what yeah. happens? What would you guys do from there? So then I start coming to the practices. And they really didn't like teach me like, like hold my hand. And we're like, this is how you do this. They were like, gotta watch and learn and I was like oh (laughs) but lucky as a kid I used to watch and learn things and that's how I kind of like pick things up so it took me a while because I was like man that's that's hard I I don't have an idea and now that now that I'm older now that I know how to do everything I'm like you know there's like math to it there's balance to it there's like science to this you know there's actual like you can do a head spin with balance and control but you don't know that when you don't know how to do a head spin. Um, so I just had to watch and learn and figure out like, oh, if I turn my, my arms like this and I whip my leg, I can do a windmill, you know, like you can start figuring things out. But if they had helped me like walk me through it, like hold my hand, I would have been a lot better, a lot faster. But uh, it took me a little while to get there just because I had to watch and learn. But it comes in handy later when I'm paralyzed. So, so it sounds like, you know, a lot of people would have liked this formal introduction and this, you know, help with, you know, kind of choreograph, choreographing the steps or showing you how step-by-step step to do it, but almost like baptism by fire, really, they're just like, you know what, we see you have the grit, we see you have the basics, you know, you have it, now it's up to you if you want this. So I, you, do you think that was basically a test for them saying, you know what, we welcomed you in, like you got to show that you want to be here or, you know, or was no. it just their style to say, you know what, go for it. Like, I think it was just their style because I don't, I don't remember them even teaching each other basically. And they're guys, you know, I figured that they would teach each other and they were just like well pick it up you know and then when they see that I would pick it up they were like okay okay now start working on this you know this is called a flare this is how you do it and then they just walked away and I was like oh okay (laughs) Uh, I know that they went like this so let me try this and try on error try on error until I figured it out so it's really just like um like you said keep trying keep bettering yourself keep doing the move keep doing repetition basically so it's like practice rep- makes repetition perfect. practice makes perfect and i saw and that's one thing you're talking to kids and you told them i that. always tell kids and adults i'm like you want to excel in you know marketing practice makes perfect study everything you can you know work on it over and over again if it, if you fail continue you know work on a different strategy like i i come at people all the time like no excuses don't tell me that oh i tried this and i can't well try another way figure it out figure it out figure it out and that you did so now you're in this crew and i guess do you just start is that when you're traveling around the country no no it's funny because it happens way later oh my gosh yeah so 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 what happens with this crew and tell us tell us so during that time uh uh me and my kids said which is also in the crew uh i got pregnant i was a young teenage mom um i got pregnant at 16 and had her at 17 and so i had my daughter and i'm coming out in music videos I'm coming out of magazines at that time that was a big deal because there was no internet I mean internet was just like kind of starting for us it wasn't like like the way it is now that you're everywhere but I was everywhere here because I was on the box I don't know if you remember the box music television you can show when you used to order videos so people would order videos at all times of day and night and I would get phone calls like you're on TV oh my god and I was like at first I was like that's amazing and then I was like peace out calling <laughs> I know um I was on magazines like people would be like oh my god sign this magazine for me you're on the magazine oh my god it's a big deal I was on like shows like you know little things here and there and that was that was a big deal for those times and just got older and older and not until I didn't start traveling until probably like 1999 we took a trip to Cincinnati that one that one has a really sad story to it though we took a trip. We drove to Cincinnati, Ohio, me and the guys. And we, it was for, um, there's a big battle that used to go on every year. Uh, it's a famous battle. Um, I forgot the name of it. 
but we we went to this battle and um I was hungry and I was kind of tired and the sun was beaming on me all day told my kids dad let's go have some lunch or something okay cool because this uh this event was like kind of in the middle of nowhere even though it's Cincinnati mm-hmm. so me him and one of the guys of the crew we go to eat in this restaurant and we come in and the lady doesn't sit us so I'm like I guess we're gonna sit ourselves so we sit ourselves remember this is 1999 we sit ourselves and she sits everybody else that comes after us so she's serving getting their, their order ready and I'm like, looking at her like Yo, like we're, we've been here you know so she would look at me and then she would walk up to this guy or older guy and you could tell she was asking him he would look and he was like nope nope and I was like if she doesn't come over here I'm gonna go over there and you know tell her to come over here so my kid's dad looks up he opens his eyes so wide he goes let's go and I was like no that's that's not right he's like let's go he goes look at the sign I don't know how we missed the sign but the sign said we do not serve colors they did not serve us at all. We ended up having to leave. 1999. Holy 1999. Are you kidding? Scribble Jam. That was the name of the event, Scribble Jam. It was a big famous event. I I cried. I cried not only for me that day, of course, but I cried for all the struggles that everyone went through with the racism through the whole through their whole lives, even especially in the 50s and 60s. I cried for everyone. I cried for just generations souls of generations I I I was like wow and this is nothing what I felt that day was just a small portion there the struggles that everyone went through that was so much bigger I I I just cried and and not just cry like I was like ah, crying like crying yeah it was horrible we didn't call the news or the police because there was even a cop in there too we didn't call anybody we just were like 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 mind blown you know yeah. And of course you would miss a sign like that. Who's looking for, you know, that kind of negativity. You're on this high, you're at your show, you're, you know, trying to grab something. To eat. I mean, who would have thought in 1999, you would come across a place, but you know, the sad reality is it's a reality. And so, um, yeah. so he got you out of there, huh? Yeah. So he's like, let's get out of here. And I was like, I was like, no, you know, because I, I refused to leave. But he was like, let's just go. You know, I don't want no problem. So we left. And as soon as I got home is when I cried. I didn't cry then because I was still like, I guess, processing it. I mean, it's 1999, you know. But I went home and I just cried. And when I tell you that I cried, I didn't like, I was like, uh, and I was just thinking of, you know, what what were struggles even oh, people went through in life, you know, and even the, the videos that you see that you you feel hurt and you cry about I just it was just horrible 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 but yeah that was like one of our big events besides Indiana or like Wisconsin or you know like that um it was fun but besides that part it was yeah yeah what a bummer I mean you know throws a little damper on things um and so that's 1999 and hopefully the travels got better through the years and you didn't have to experience such ugliness um, but again, something that you probably tucked down to kind of build up your resilience and, you know, build you up and, um, but also a solemn reminder um, that, you know, there, there's so much more work to do and so much work to be done um, in that, in that way. So, um, so you continue to be in your battles and you're, and you're moving on. And so that was a 99. And so what did you do from 99 to 2007 when we get into this space where now, you know, something has happened, you, you get this illness and, um, it's going to change your life. So what did you do up until that point? So I'm just throwing events and traveling I'm traveling I'm judging competitions I'm speaking on panels um and just traveling traveling and it was so fun and it was amazing and then I'm in 2006 right before that happened I was breaking and I was training to go pro as a boxer uh, I met my boxing teacher Verily Capico at um exports and he saw my hat it's a champion and he was like this is a sign because he saw how I, I was like can you teach me how to do this he's like yeah, but he saw I was there every day. He saw I was going in every day. I mean, I was, I was, I was doing anything he said. I was doing it because I know that's what he masters in. So I was learning from the master. And then uh, 
I pinched the nerve. So I was li- I was limping for two weeks from boxing. And then I was like, man, if if I box like this and I pinch a nerve, I can't break, you know? It's, and then if I can't break, like, like that's crazy. So I was like, ah, let me, let me just pull back on the boxing a little bit. So um, I just pulled back, even though if, you, if you've never boxed, anybody who listens to this, if you've never boxed, you have to try it because it's a stress reliever. It's, um, you feel so strong, you feel powerful, you look amazing. I mean, I had cuts on my arms, but that's from breaking also. Cuts on my arms, cuts on my legs. I had six pack. I mean, I was, I was looking fly. So then- I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out. So like, to me, just listening to you, like whatever you do, you go hard. Like you don't halfway do anything, do you? Well, if you're going to go in and it's something that you like or interests you, you, you have to go all the way. Like you got to go all the way. Yeah. You're like excelling and breaking, which is to me is so hard. I mean, anyone who's ever watched it, you, the control you have to have in your core and the strength, you know, to do, you know, to get invert yourself, you know, all those things, like you said, um, early on, take a lot of practice, a lot of time. It's a mental thing. I don't think people realize how much you got to think in order to do some of that stuff. And and, I mean, and once you get it, I guess you're free flowing and things like that for creative reasons. However, there is a control about that, you know, dance that, that has to be present. So you're doing that and then you get into boxing, you're, you know, really, you know, owning that um, so much so that you're, you pinched a nerve because you must be really paying attention. I mean, so it sounds like you, you know, you get into things and you really, really, really do them. And all of this is happening and you're a single mom. And um, I am the single mom lover as well, because I was a single <laughs> mom myself for a long time. And, um, and so I, I just understand how hard that can be. So being a mom is hard and being a a woman, a female in the breaking game is hard. And then you're boxing. And so in 2006, you said you, you kind of hurt yourself a little bit with that and decided to pull back a little bit. Um, Okay. And then what's going on now? So um, April, 2007 comes around and it's it, this is bizarre because I had turned I was going to turn 31 that year and I used to work at Costco and I told the HR lady I was like can I retire at the age of 31 and she's like no and I was like well Jay-Z did it so I can and she was like well he's rich and I was like well I can get rich you know and I'm like I'm thinking I'm like man I have to retire by the age of 31 and I was 30 so April 2007 comes around and I'm getting uh uh, weird little symptoms. I guess I'm not noticing them. Um, so I, I used to go to this place in Chicago called Sub T. It's a legendary hip hop and reggae spot. Um, every Tuesday was hip hop night. So me and my best friend Tech, we used to be there l- like religiously every Tuesday. And one Tuesday he picked me up and I had a headache. It went from my temple, my right temple, and it went down my spinal cord and it gave me chills. Mm-hmm. And we used to like break. So I, I, I told him, I can't I can't break today something's wrong and he knew something was wrong because it's not like me so he's like um yeah this something's wrong because this is not like you so he took me home I I went home and I remember that night I was sleeping and I kept itching my tummy and I was like I, but I kept sleeping you know and I was itching and I was like that's scared maybe I got bit by a spider or a mosquito or something I don't know and then and I never get sick I don't get sick I'm not I'm always so healthy so I didn't go to the doctor. The next day I went to work and I'm talking to the HR lady and I was sitting next to her because that's where my desk was. And I'm talking to her and I'm itching. <laughs> She's like, did you take a shower today? And I was like, duh, I take a shower every morning before I come to work. She was like, well, why are you itching? And I was, I was like, why am I itching? So at the same time, I was a, I was a vault clerk and uh, auditor. So I go into the vault and I had a shirt under my shirt. So I take off within the shirt. There was hives everywhere. I pulled up, I took off my shoe and there was hives on my feet. I pulled up my pants, there was hives on my legs, but there was none on my face and I don't have allergies. So I came, I run, I ran outside and I was like, what's happening? And everybody was like, you have allergies. And one of the managers, he was like, I have really bad allergies. I have a pill, do you want one? So I took the pill, went away, didn't think nothing of it. Um, the next day I, I was walking and it felt like I was walking on really hot sand. And so my feet hurt and I didn't want to walk. And I was like, I hope it hurts. Everything hurts. 
So I went to my mom's house and my, my stepdad, he, he adores me. He went to rub my feet and I screamed so loud and he started crying. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You said my feet hurt. I don't know what's going on. So I went home, brushed it off because I never get sick. Didn't go to the doctor. The next day when I was going to work at Costco, I was walking to work. And it, as I was walking, my feet were dragging. I wasn't already, I wasn't walking like a regular walk. My feet were dragging. So I get to my desk. And I'm the one that when you come to work, I'm like, hi, good morning. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. hi." So I'm just sitting there and people are walking in and every, every single person was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. My manager came in and she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know, but I think I'm going to go to the hospital. She said, go, because this is not you. So I'm walking to my car at this point. I, I, I'm dragging harder than, than before I walked in. So I get in the car. I can't, I can't move my legs really. So I, I grab my hand, uh, my leg with my, my, my leg with my arms, my feet. I mean, my legs, with my hands, and I'm lifting my hands and I'm putting the foot on the brake and the gas and it's going, the car's going, and this is how I get to the hospital. I get to the hospital. I have to hold on to the wall to get to the ER. So I'm in the ER and he takes blood and urine. And I think they close this hospital too, by the way. Um, He's like, oh, it's nothing. It's just allergies. Just go home and it'll go away. And I was like, uh, I can't move my legs. They're not swollen. Um, that's not normal. He's like, eh, I think it's worse. Just come back. So he sends me home. Oh, no. And I have to walk from the ER back to the car. Oh. At this point, I don't even know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. I don't. I was so weak at that time. So once again, yes. I drove to my house at the time my brother was my roommate and I'm parked in the front and he comes from work and I was like oh hey can you come help me he's like come on and I was like no 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 I need your help he's like what do you mean you need my help I go I can't get out the car he's like what do you mean you can't get out the car so he we opened the door he grabs me out so I put my arm around his shoulder he lifts me up and I'm dragging my feet I'm not even moving my feet at this time. I'm dragging my feet I don't know how we get upstairs and then at this time, too, my feet hurting really bad. And I noticed I wasn't using the bathroom. And my kid, was, my kid's dad was going to drop them off. So I said, hey, when you drop off the kids, can you take me to a different hospital? He's like, yeah, just come down. And I was like, uh, you're going to have to come up and get me. He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, just when you come here, just come up. And lucky he had his brother with him. So they got there. They had to literally lift me, one on each side took me into the car, left me at the ER. When they left me at the ER, they take me in right away because they're like, this doesn't make sense. So the lady was like, my stomach is hurting so bad at this point. She's like, can I do a pap smear? And I was like, yeah, of course, sure. She does a pap smear. She starts screaming. I need an MRI. I need a CAT scan. I need a catheter. She looks at me. She's like, when was the last time you peed? I go, I don't know. Um, and honestly, I don't remember peeing at home. I don't remember peeing at work. Oh the, the, the virus that attacked my spinal cord already went, attacked one of my legs, one of my, the other, one leg, the other leg, then my bladder. So it already, my bladder wasn't working. So I couldn't use the bathroom. So she's like, do you know that you could have died? You could have went into shock and died. And I was like, well, I don't know. He sent me home. You know, I'm, what am I supposed to do? So she's like, she's yelling. People are running everywhere. It, it's chaos in the ER. They, they do my MRI and they, my CAT scan and they show me the MRI. My spinal cord was so swollen. So usually your spinal cord is just a little tiny cord in your spinal, uh, in your spine. Mine was so swollen from the bottom up and that every, every part that was swollen, I couldn't function anymore. So as it was moving up, I kept losing feeling on some part of my body, something, oh my you know, oh and I was at that hospital that was, uh, Swedish Covenant. I was there for like probably a week and a half and they had me on antibiotics and steroids and then they sent me on an ambulance bus to University of Chicago so I can work with neurologists, specialists because they have the best specialists. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there because I want to because I want you to finish. I want to talk about up until this point. So you had gone to a, a hospital that completely disregarded every symptom that you presented with, saw that you 
could barely carry yourself in there, saw that you were in a little pain, um, you had some fatigue there, and they said you had allergies? He was like, eh, it's just allergies, just like that. Eh, it's just allergies. If it gets worse, just come back. And, and, and I was like, you're sending me home? And I was like, like, I could not believe it. They closed the hospital. As they should. And, you know, this is why I wanted to stop because it is so important. And I need people to understand who is listening that you need to advocate for yourself. Um, I'm so glad you didn't give up because you were literally on death's door, but you didn't. You knew something and you asked you, you asked someone else to take you somewhere else. And that mm-hmm. that's probably saved your life. But anyone out there listening Um, you have to advocate for yourself. If you know this is not your norm, if if you can hear her, she says, I'm not a person who usually is sick. I don't, you know, I was dragging my feet. I could, she had all these symptoms and was being ignored, um, which we also have heard, you know, that can be a problem sometimes in in healthcare. And so, I'm so glad I had to stop there. Also, I wanted to mention, and then we're going to go to the University of Chicago and pick up Mm -hmm. where you left off, is that, um, I always say what we say, you know, we can manifest in our words. And you told that lady you wanted to retire from breaking at yeah. 31. And baby, yeah. this wasn't almost retirement from breaking at 31. So yeah. that is another lesson. And I like that we can make light of it because, you yeah. know, um, that you had put on through it and you've obviously you have championed past, yeah. it, but watch everybody we have to watch our words you know and that's like such an innocent statement but like make it plain like I'd like to retire healthy at 30 (laughs) I learned that from that day I did learn that but but I do have to say that you know your body more than anyone else if you feel like something is not right and you know that gut feeling that's why I said take you to another hospital I know something's wrong like I'm not walking I know it's not allergies I know that guy's wrong so take me somewhere else but right. you know your body more than anyone. Like if you you feel something's wrong, follow that gut instinct, you know? Be, your um, voice. Be the voice, you know, you know, advocate for yourself. So now you're at University of Chicago after being at Swedish Covenant for a week and a half and they took good care of you. And God bless yeah. that nurse for paying yeah. attention and getting you what you needed and getting you stabilized. So we're very grateful for her. But common, common sense, she was like, why would he let you go home? You have all these symptoms. Like she's screaming at me, and I'm like, I don't know. Don't scream at me. Don't <laughs> scream at me. But I get it. She was like, Why? If if he would have took care of me at that time, my um, symptoms wouldn't have been so severe because I still have symptoms from that. Um, if he would have taken care of me at that time, but because he just let it go, it just got worse and worse and worse. Hmm. So yeah, I, I she was just like, What is happening? Why would he? why yeah thank god for the nurses some the nurses really are they are the heroes man i mean they see their first line they make you know they make all the world a difference um my sister was a nurse for so long and we're so grateful for her and our family because we had a medical incident one time where doctor wasn't really paying attention the doctors weren't and uh, a seasoned nurse came on and made a call and we are forever grateful for that nurse um, in our family. So I 100% my heart's beating while I'm listening to you tell this story because I know how important those nurses are. Um, so let's go. You got me. I'm locked Nerd. in we are at the <laughs> University of Chicago. I feel like I'm in a movie. Let's go. Yes. Well, I have to give a shout out to the nurses and teachers. I adore nurses and teachers. They have the hardest job and are the, the most unappreciated, yeah. you know, like, like, I love my, my mom's a retired nurse. So she took care of me when I was in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at the university of Chicago. I'm there for like two, three weeks and I'm sponge bathing, you know, and I, I just want to take a shower at this point. I just want to take a shower. <clears throat> this poor nurse walks in. I, 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 I just adore her. Never remember her name. Nothing. She came in and I'm like, I'm like, please just can you guys just take me a shower? I just want to feel the water on me. You know, she's like, we can't, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I literally, and I'm, I'm not this person. I'm not a crier. I literally just started crying. And I just put my hands on my face and I just put my head down and I started crying. I just wanted a bath. So she closed, she looked at me. She felt so bad. She closed the door. She goes, I can get fired for this, but I'm going to take you to take a shower. She put me in the wheelchair. She took me to a, like a big shower room. There was no one in there. It was just open showers. 
she gave me soap and everything turned on the water for me ah I felt the water come on me I feel like I felt like I was renewed like revived you know so she came in to get me she put and she goes you can't tell anyone I go I'm not gonna tell no one no I'm not gonna tell no one please thank you so much and I kept thanking her God is gonna bless you I was like thank you so much you you made my day I just thank you thank you and I, I didn't I didn't know how much to thank her but um I always had different nurses so I I never really had the same nurses so I never saw her um, but I was so grateful and I, I, I wrote my book. I'm still like editing stuff, but she, she has a chapter in there because of what she did for me. Um, so I was there and I remember one time the doctor came in with all his students and my dad was there. He was here from New York and the doctors were like, sorry, sir, we just want you to know, you know, you, your daughter's never going to walk again, you know, whatever. And and I, I was like, I was like, do you know who I am? And they're like, they look at the chart and they're like, Ms. Nunez. And I was like, I'm Lady Champ and I will be walking. They're like, but you don't understand how severe this is. I don't, I go, I don't care. I'm going to figure it out and I will be walking. Give me two weeks. And they were like, she's crazy. <laughs> it took me way more than two weeks, I but I optimism. am walking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and while I was there, my dad, I don't know my dad believed in God because my dad never really talked about God stuff or my dad whispered to me and he goes, you don't listen to any doctor. You just believe in your God. And then I, I looked at him like, dad, you know what's up? Like, how do you know this? I was so impressed. <laughs> so yeah, he, he I, I learned that my dad believes, believes in God because my dad has passed, but he, he believes in God. Oh, God bless him. And, and, and I'm glad that you got that um message you know it was was amazing yeah because not everybody's very vocal about it but internally you know they have that relationship you know so yeah a nice moment between you and your dad it was pretty cool yeah oh and and this is a public service announcement to all the guys please get your prostate checked because my dad passed away from prostate cancer and he didn't he went to the doctor he caught it a little early where he could have removed his prostate he didn't because he was scared then it spread to his bones and he had tumors all over his body when he could have easily got his prostate removed and lived still been living my uncle did it he caught it fast got it removed my uncle looks he's like almost 80 he looks amazing he works out he eats right he looks amazing so please guys get your prostate checked it's a fast and easy process you know we give birth so stop being big babies yeah, um, just, just go get a check. You know? again for the people in the back, but no, it is important. And men tend not to, um, you know, keep up their health as much. You know, we as They're women, we'll go, we're, we're spending our time convincing them to do the same, <laughs> and so um, we have to do that. Um, but going into your, so you, it's time for you to be released, and they tell you you have to go to a rehab now, right? Because now you're in a wheelchair. <clears throat> never been in a wheelchair, always had use of your legs. Um, and you go to a rehab to learn how mm-hmm. to live in a wheelchair, but you already told them this is temporary, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I want to say what you fix your mind to, you know, I mean, you had in your mind that this wasn't the end of your walking days, right? Mm-hmm. So you're in the rehab, what's going on? Or how do you bring yourself back? How do you rehab yourself back to today so after the two weeks I was like okay I'm still not walking that's cool okay so um I think I was there for three weeks then they sent me to live at the rehab swab rehab center which is an amazing rehab center and I always tell people whether you break a bone or pull a muscle or what have a heart attack stroke whatever it is that you have to go get rehab for do it it's very beneficial. People don't think it is because they have to sit there and do little things repetitively. But when you do things repetitively, that's how you get better. So um, I was sent to live in the rehab center and I was like, oh, okay, I'll probably be there for a few days. I was there for like two, almost three months because they were teaching me how to live in a wheelchair. Literally, I would have to go to the store in a wheelchair. Um, I even learned how to do tricks on my wheelchair. Um, I, I used to work a lot with Red Bull and I had called them up and I said, listen, um, I don't know if I'm going to be walking because I thought I was going to be walking and I'm not walking yet, but I am going to join the Paralympics. I'm going to figure out what sport I'm going to be good at. I'm going to pick up two or three and I need you guys to be my sponsors. They were like, oh my God, Lady Champ, we are going to be your sponsors. We don't care. Um, 
yes, we're your sponsors, you know, just let us know what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. And I was like, all right. So at the rehab center, they had basketball. So I was in the wheelchair, basketball, and I had um, gloves. So I would like go real fast and I would do tricks in my wheelchair. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to pick something up. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the Paralympics. So as I was at the rehab center, I started getting, not getting better, but just training with all the things that they taught me, which were very beneficial. You know, how to get it in and out the car, how to get in and out the shower, how to get in and out the toilet, how to get in and out the bed, how to get from the bed to the floor, how to, you know, like how to go up and down the stairs, how to um, go shopping, how to get in and out the bus, how to, like everything they taught me is was so beneficial. And I, and I love Schwab Rehab Center. And one day when I become a billionaire, I will donate lots of money to them because they need it. They really I do need it. it. I love it. Um, I used to teach the the psychiatrist had a class and um, she would get patients and tell them like to eat better or do, do things right. They wouldn't listen to her. So one day I got in the middle of the circle and I was like, yeah, let me tell you about this. And I was teaching them and they were actually listening to me. She told me, you have a gift. You need to be a speaker. You have something. All those people listen to you. So she would have me teach all her classes. So I was teaching her classes. I was like, yes. And, and they had questions. And I was like, yes, you need to change your lifestyle. This is why, you know, people have strokes or this is what happens to your body. You know, this and this and that. Um, it, was, it was amazing because they were actually listening, you know. And the sad part about Schwab for me was that every victim there was a gunshot <laughs> victim. Uh, stab victim, heart attack, stroke victim. And I was the only one that had what I had. So I couldn't relate to anyone in that way. But, you know, we were still all in wheelchairs, so I could relate to them in that way. That's it. So other than that, I can't be like, what were your symptoms? How did you feel? Did you feel this? Oh my God. Couldn't relate to anybody as in, as in that. Um, uh, I did, that, that experience was crazy, the whole uh, thing. It was sad because when the doctors tell you you're never going to walk again, I remember strolling in my wheelchair down the hall and I would say hi to all the patients like, hi, good morning. Hi. I would, every room that I passed by, everyone had their head down, like their life was over. Like, that's it. And I was like, no, this is not it. Like, no. So I'll be, every morning continuously. Hi, good morning. Hi, hi. Eventually it became very, um, uh, infectious because everybody would be like, "Hi, Miss Nunez, hi, hi," and I was like, "Okay, I got some kind of like a little beacon of light going down the hallway there. You're like a little beacon, and but you know, making people keep their chins up when they tell you that you're never gonna walk. All those people gave up, you know. Yeah. And and one day, because uh, your rehab is in a big gym, so I could see you doing rehab. I could see you doing rehab. I could see you doing rehab. You could see me doing rehab. We could see each other." So one day I was doing rehab and I had to go from the floor and lift myself and sit on the, on the couch or a chair. And I had, and I kept falling cause I couldn't reach. Cause I was like, I felt, you know, when you're paralyzed, it's all dead weight. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get up there and I, I kept getting like close to the edge and I kept falling on the floor. I kept falling and falling and falling. And then the, the my, my, uh, my, uh, 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 what you call it? My PT physical therapist she was like oh you know it's okay we'll continue tomorrow I go no 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 I can do it I can do it just just give me a few more at least three more so I went no boom fell and then I was I I just for my mind I closed my eyes and I thought in my mind I was like all you have to do as soon as you get up just put your head forward and then your butt back and you'll you'll get it and I was like okay okay so I was like I I held my breath and I I went up forward and I and I my butt went back and I sat and when I sat, I was like, oh, and when I, when I did that, the whole room started clapping because I didn't notice that everybody was watching me. So I was like, oh my God. So they were like, oh my God, Ms. Nunez, you did it, you did it. And I could, I know this is weird to describe. And I describe this in the book. I just, I just, I, I felt little arrows of energy coming into me and going out back to them. So that's what I felt. And the, the next day, when we had therapy in the next morning, every patient was like, Ms. Nunez, I saw you trying. So today I'm going to try harder. Ms. Nunez, you were amazing. So because you tried, I'm going to try. Ms. Nunez, that was so good. Ms. Nunez, oh my God, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm going to try hard today. I was like, wow. 
Yeah. That little thing that I did inspired that whole room. And it wasn't a little thing. It was not a little thing, by the way. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. It's, oh my gosh. The inspiration was insane. And there's patients who live there. And they were like, I've been here so many years. And I, you know, I'm going to try hard today. And I was like, the the PTs would come to me, the physical therapists. They're like, this person hasn't tried nothing in forever. And you came and now they're pushing themselves. And I'm like, oh, like that to me is a blessing. Because if I can give everywhere I go, if I can leave them with something, then I'm happy, yes. you know, something positive. That's something positive. And so you were a beacon of light. So you, you, you started with be, get, being able to get up there and sit, and then you worked your way up. And I think I was, I'm getting it mixed up now. I don't know if it was when we were talking or when I was reading about you, researching and looking you up. Hey. Talking <laughs> you a little bit. Um, <laughs> that you talk about the moment you stand is like you are kind of rocking back and forth and and you after I mean like you said you this stuff was repetitive you were going and going and going and then you kind of like pick yourself up and stand and I I think I must have been reading that because I was like like yes yes she's standing and you know and for me to feel that good I can't even imagine how you were feeling after you had just been like you said three months for I mean and and don't get me wrong that's long that's a quick turnaround for something like that I'm I'm sure um and, and but you again from little you could you could not ever be told no and mm-hmm. apparently it, it <laughs> as an adult, you can't be told no. And you, yep. so you stood and how did that feel? Like, I know how it felt for me to read that, but how did it feel <laughs> for you? So when I left the rehab center, finally, after months, I just wanted to go home because I knew that once I got home, I could have that time and space and energy to myself. And I have to worry about anything. I, I could do this on my time all day, every day. So I knew when I got home, it was just going to be practice, practice, practice. It was it like, that's it. So I still wasn't walking. I still wasn't standing. I still wasn't, you know. So I get home. I had to put my, my brakes on the wheelchair and I had a walker. So I, they, they teach you all this in rehab. That's what I'm saying. This is beneficial. So I would lift myself up with my arm because I'm strong. Remember, I'm breaking and boxing. So I, I would let go, collapse into the chair. I would get up, collapse into the chair get up, collapse into the chair. I would get, I would get so frustrated. And I was like, Audi, don't get frustrated because you have, when you break and you get frustrated, you don't learn to move because you're angry and you're mad. And then you don't learn. So I, I, I started watching videos on breathing techniques and, and how to meditate. So I would look out the window and just breathe and just meditate and visualize myself. And I was like, okay, I can see myself dancing. Okay, girl. So I would go back to it. Okay, let's go. Stand, collapse, stand, collapse, stand, collapse. When I start getting frustrated, go by the window or, you know, go on my bed and meditate. And eventually one day I stood for one second. I just stood for one second and collapsed. And I was like, okay, this is a good sign. If I could do one second, I could do two. And sure enough, I went from one to two, from two to five, from five to seven, from seven to nine seconds, standing without falling. So I was like, okay. I'm going to start learning how to take steps. And you, I would put my foot forward, collapse into the chair. Foot forward, collapse. Breathe. Go breathe. You know, uh, meditate. Breathe. Come back. Take some steps. So eventually, I would go from, from standing for 10 seconds and taking one or two steps. When I went from, from five, or for like five steps, I had chairs all over my house. I had chairs. One chair here, and five steps later, I had another chair. Five steps later, I had another chair. So I called the wheelchair company, and I told them to come pick up the wheelchair because I didn't need it anymore. And they were like, are you crazy? Do you not know that you're, you're, you're paralyzed? And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm almost walking. I'm getting better. So just pick up the chair. I had to literally fight with them, and they came and got the chair. I didn't want to see it. Out of sight, out of mind. I don't need it. So I had the walker, and I would walk for you know the five steps from here to there. And then from there to there and there to there. So eventually I started taking chairs away. So I would have like seven steps instead of five steps. And 
it, it was bad because I felt a lot of times there was one time no one was home and I fell and there was a bookshelf and it was uh, a real sharp corner. And I, I went like this close. I could feel like the little, the, the, just the little edge right here. And when I fell and I looked, I was like, I could have busted my head, probably knocked myself out, bled all over the place. And no one was going to find me till later because no one was coming home. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. Okay, don't walk around that bookshelf. But I still kept falling here and there. Note to but sell. I was okay. <laughs> you know, a B girl, you know, I break. So I'm used to falling. I know how to fall, you know? Yeah. Um, I Another thing that also helped me with my therapy was when I would lay on the floor, like sit on the floor, it felt like I was ready to break. So I was like, I felt mentally and physically like, oh, I'm just going to start breaking. So it kind of like tricked my mind, you know, like feeling like, I was okay, you know? Um, so I felt like I was okay, but when I, I really wasn't, but I, just the feeling made me like um, feel right, made me feel good, made me, and it made my brain and my body and my thoughts and my mind and my soul feel good. So I sat a lot on the floor because it's, it was something I love to do and something that made me feel like I can do something again. Um, that was another way of therapy for me. So, um, so it sounds like break breaking, you know, which is your foundation, which is, you know, everything kind of made your falls feel familiar. You, you kind of were prepared for them in a way where, because you had been doing, you know, breaking and doing some things your whole life that kind of prepared you for that. And then that when you were on the ground, because of your breaking, you felt grounded, you felt there was like a familiarity there and you could build from there, which also helped with you, you mentally and not just, I'm not giving up, you know, the fact that you're so mentally strong, it's kind of hard to be as mentally strong as you are. I, I have to tell you, um, Thank you. lady champ, I, I've never, I've, I, I don't think I've, Yes, there's some mentally strong, like we're all mentally strong when we need to be, but you really took it to another level, especially when you told them, come get this wheelchair. Girl, you wasn't, come on, you could, couldn't even walk. I know you're like, really, come get the wheelchair, you know? So you, could, you couldn't even walk and you're like out of sight, out of mind. So visualization too. Um, and I wrote this down. Um, you were like, when something is hard, like, you know, you were trying to learn how to walk and then you are creating the next step for yourself, visualization, and then you would do it. And then anger would creep in and you would defer that angry anger and you would walk away. And when you step away, you would breathe, you would meditate, you would visualize, you would come back. And that was like your circle. And that's how you kind of created just like this path. And you got, you got there. And so you, so you're walking. So you, you go through this whole thing, you fight, you fight to get yourself back. And, and today you are walking, you are teaching, you are speaking. So you worked yourself back and, um, and you've said not without, you still have pain, you know, so we're not here on, you know, to talk to people and say, oh, you know, I, I did it and there's nothing. There's some residual there, right? You still have the pain. You still have numbness in your feet. You still have better um, issues. Um, yeah. So if I don't go to the bathroom on time, I will have an accident. My, I can't feel my feet. I can't feel my toes. My, knee, my knees are weak. Um, it's, it's just a lot. I'm always in pain. So you could see, I actually started swimming a lot now that it's summertime. I never did this like this. I cannot believe the benefits that I'm getting from this. Oh, it's insane. Amazing. amazing. It's I once, insane. I'm telling you, I once broke my foot and didn't know it was broken and kind of stayed on it Me working too. out for like four months until I went to the doctor and they were like, are you insane? Like your foot's not even connected. And I was like, what? You know, so you know what it was? Swimming. I attributed, I was swimming every day and that, that, um, it's, it's like you, your, the weight of your body is 100% in that water. And so it is rehabbing, except for it's easy on the joint. It's easy, easier than, you know, pounding the pavement or hitting something or running. But that weight resistance yeah. is there and that swimming is there. I am 100 with you on that. On that. I'm, I'm so 100. Even my arthritis, I have arthritis in both knees because they told me I was going to have arthritis. And I was like, I'm not going to have arthritis. And I do now. 
And I had bone on bone on one, which is why I don't dance the way I used to. I just like try to do little things here and there. But it, I cannot believe what swimming is doing to this pain, to the to the joints, to my body. It's very beneficial. It's insane. Like I tell anyone who has any issue to do it. Just swim. Get in the water and just swim. I agree. I agree. And so we, you know, clearly your story is not one that can be told in a session um, like we, but we have today. And I think people can see your tenacity, your strength. And I hope people kind of look you up, but, you know, and look at some of the um, YouTube things and there's so much fun and watch you, you're talking to the kids at school and you and I were speaking and you have a passion for uh, your, the youth. And, and, and we talked about how in Chicago, there aren't a lot of places for the kids to go. And, you know, some places are not safe and you would, you would love to be able to create these safe spaces for them. And you do go to the schools and you, and you do, um, host events and you do talk to them and and you allow them to showcase their creativity and one thing um that even in all your pain and even you're working you're a working person you you know you're living your life but you're also giving back and that's one thing that i really really admire about you is that you haven't given up on the dance and the creativity um you didn't like let your adulthood or that that part of your life when you couldn't walk deter you from um still being enjoying and having that love and passion for the creativity and for the arts and um so you have and we have to, you know, close sooner. You and I will talk about this all day. I mean, it's hard to talk to you all day. But you have an event coming up, and um, it's called Battle for the Eagle, and it's on August 7th. Yes. And tell us where that is, and tell us a little bit about that event, and, you know, who's involved in that, and what types of things that people can expect to see and, and um, hear there. It sounds like an amazing event. So where is it, first of all? Where are you? Okay, going? so this event is, is brought to us, to us, for us, to, by us. So it's uh, Renegades of Funk, uh, uh, Artistic Bombing Crew, Intel Music Crew, uh, Intel Music Group, and myself. Uh, we started this event because um, I, there was getting there were hip hop gets a lot of bad publicity, and I was like, no, we have to we have to do something. I'm gonna show them that we can do an event by us for us. So I started doing something on Sundays at the Logan Square Eagle. It's on Wrightwood and Kesby in Chicago, where the big statue of the Eagle is. And I, I noticed people were coming by and I was like, okay, I was going every Sunday. And then I asked one of my DJs, hey, would you DJ a free, like just a little hangout spot? He came, people started coming and I was like, you know, it's getting a little bit tiring every weekend. So I was like, why don't we just do it once a year? So that's how this event was created. And every year it got bigger and bigger and bigger and more successful and it's free and it's all ages. And it's, it's you'll see DJs, uh, uh, you'll see DJs DJing, all different with DJs. You'll see graffiti battle. Uh, they put up um, like a, I don't know what that is, um, plastic, some kind of plastic on trees. And then they they have their little battles. Then you go and they judge. You know, the some people judge, and that's how you get your winners. We have a breakdance battle. We have a all styles battle. We have a little kids battle. We have um, uh, vendors. We have. I mean, you name it, we have it. Just just bring your lawn chairs, come out and support the events. It's, it's, it's fun. And when I tell you it's fun, people come up to us and they're like, I have never, ever felt so welcome. I have never been to something like this. I have never. Next year, I'm bringing my whole kids and my family. Next year, I'm bringing this person. It's, it's an amazing vibe. We play all different music. Um, it's just really cool, really cool vibe. Fantastic. Because, you know, that's what we need now. We get so much bad news. And, you know, I really do feel like Chicago gets a, a bad rap because they focus <laughs> so heavily on things that aren't happy. Or, you know, and I know it's there and it, it's real. And we have to get that address and make it safe for our kids and our families. Um, but I love that you are hosting this event with another group, with other groups of amazing people who have a vision that want to see people have fun. And I remember growing up, I remember hip hop and, yeah. you know, I remember the breaking days and watching the movies and it was fun. 
you know, it was yeah. like, you know, were people on opposite side? Yes, but they were battling. They were dancing for people. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't, and, you know. And you're exchanging skills and you're, you're having yeah. an outlet also. And then you're, you know, the, the kids don't have this anymore. So every time we do this event, it's like, it, people are just like, I'm coming next year and I'm bringing more people. I'm coming next year and I'm entering the competition. I'm coming next year and I'm bringing my mom. You know, I'm like people just love this event. And I just want to keep it going. You know, it's, it's so far pretty good, pretty successful. And I just want to make it bigger and better. That's our goal, to make it bigger and better. Well, one thing I'm going to say to you is I have had the most amazing time talking to you today. And I am such in such awe of your positivity, your no quit, your resilience, and that you had gone through you know, a dark time, you know, uncertain time, you know, but it was never dark for you. I don't think, I think it was uncertain, but it wasn't dark where some, it would have been dark. Your light continued to shine. And, um, you know, you're just, you know, amazing to talk to. And I want to uh, repeat again, that if anybody wants to experience your joy and your sunshine and, and what you, your vision for, you know, happy and positive environment might be that they do come out to the battle of the Eagle. And it isn't, where is it again? Tell them. It's on Wrightwood and Kedby. It's a big, you, you won't miss it. It's a big statue of an eagle. It's really, really big. You Wrightwood can't miss all the people. It's awesome. August 7th, Sunday, August 7th. And then I have a few more projects coming up after that. So I'll keep you guys posted. I'm very proud of these projects. Hopefully. Tell everybody hopefully. where they can find you on Instagram so they can follow you and see your projects. I believe it's Lady Champion 1. And then on Facebook, Aristella, Lady Champ, Nunez. Um, I have two of them, but one of them I don't use often. I'm just, I should close it because um, uh, people were like, "You're not my friend," and I'm like, "I could only have five thousand friends, so you know, I don't, I can't add you." <laughs> so I had to add another one so that I can add people. But um, yeah, you can find me on Snapchat. You can find me everywhere. Yeah, right now I'm just working on looking for a sponsor to help me sponsor my book. It's called Heart of a Champion, and it's my story about overcoming paralysis. Overcoming paralysis, just overcoming. So, Heart of a Champion, I cannot wait to read your book. Um, <laughs> I know it'll be a good one. Uh, everybody, let's uh, battle before the eagle, August 7th, uh, Kedzie and Wrightwood in, in the city. Um, and remember, um, before we leave, leave us with one of your favorite quotes. Now, I wrote two down that I thought. Um, <laughs> when you were talking that where, but well, one, you weren't talking, one, I saw you um, speaking and then you said, you can make the impossible possible. You were telling the kids, you can make the impossible possible. And then um, another one you said was practice makes perfect. So why don't you end us on the note with your favorite one and why? I would say it's that one practice makes perfect because it really does. It doesn't matter what you do, you just study, and practice study and practice you fail figure out a different route, a way to do it like when I was learning moves I couldn't do it this way but I figured out a different way I was like oh if I turn my leg that way oh it all makes sense it practice all. don't give up and sometimes it feels like you're never going to get there but then when you get there you're like oh my god it's so easy just just continue push yourself you got to push yourself don't give up well, you're the queen of pushing yourself and thank you so <laughs> much for your time and it was such thank a good you, time talking to you Oh my 